Well, good morning, Hillcrest Church. My name is Pastor Brad Bergfalk, and I'm the interim lead pastor here at Hillcrest. Been here about seven months, and uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying life, even though I, I don't know anything about the community. But things are opening up, so it's, it's good. We're in a series of sermons called uh, The Parables of Jesus, and I would like to read for you the text from Matthew 18, verses 12 through 14, which is the parable that I'd like for us to reflect together on today. So Matthew 18, 12 through 14. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Let me just repeat that last sentence. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Well, during the course of our sermon series on the parables, we've discovered a number of things about the parables. And one of the things about the parables, I, I think you've probably noticed over the last six or seven weeks, is that parables can surprise us. And sometimes where we think Jesus is going with the parable, he takes a left turn and takes us into a different place. Sometimes the parables, and I bet some of you have experienced this with me during this series, can challenge us. They can challenge the notions that we have about God and about God's kingdom. And finally, the parables uh, can sometimes bring discomfort to us. Because that which we thought we knew already, that which we think we had all figured out, in fact, we may not have uh, as we listen to some of these parables. So about seven or eight weeks ago, we started this series of sermons on the parables of Jesus. And at that time, you may recall me saying to you uh, that the parables of Jesus, when understood correctly, will change the way you view God. The parables will expand the way we see God's kingdom. And sometimes the parables will, as I've mentioned already, make us a little uncomfortable. I suspect that during these past seven weeks, the parables have done all of these things for us. In the parable of the prodigal son that Pastor Dory preached a few weeks ago, or depending on how you view it, the, the, the prodigal father, we discovered that God is extravagant in pouring out his grace to a wayward child. This parable has stretched us to view God more generously than we, we did before we uh, started. In the parable of the sheep and the goats, do you remember that one? We were introduced to a picture of God's kingdom that suggested that some will be chosen and some will not, and neither of uh, those will know which ones is which. For those who think that they have figured out all of the boundaries of God's kingdom and all of the boundaries of God's grace, we may be surprised to discover ourselves dining one day alongside someone who we thought for sure was a goat. We may find ourselves um, having them ask us to pass the butter. The parable of the workers shows us another picture of God who appears to pay his day laborers the same, no matter what time of the day they show up to work. And what's so astonishing about those who show up at the end of the day, they're paid the same amount as those who've been working their tails off all day. What, what can be fair about that, we wonder? 
Now, this is both good news and bad news, depending on whether you come first or come last, right? So today, we are going to conclude this series of sermons by looking at this parable of the lost sheep. Some refer to this parable as the parable of the one and the 99, which makes sense. And I've chosen to make this the final parable in this series because for me, for me, this parable sort of epitomizes the heart of the gospel and the heart of the God that we worship and serve. And it's the same character of God that called me into pastoral ministry a long time ago. And it's the same character of God that compels me to continue to serve as your pastor even now. If, if this parable somehow didn't get stuck in my throat a long time ago, I don't know if I'd be standing before you right now today. So as the story goes, there was a shepherd, and he had a hundred sheep, and one of them is lost, and what should the shepherd do, we wonder? Will he leave the, the 99 to find the one lost sheep, or will he stay with the 99 to be sure that no more sheep escape from their pen and don't wander away? Now, those of us who are in business, we would view this uh, predicament, this dilemma, as sort of a return on investment thing, right? Yeah, we're going to have to let the one go and make sure that we uh, take a walk around the pen and find out where the hole is that that sheep got out of, because that's good stewardship of our resources, right? That's what we would do. But how we answer this question about whether we go for the 99 or for the 1, will reveal a lot about the way that we understand the character of God. How we understand the dilemma of the 1 and the 99 will characterize how we follow Jesus and perhaps more importantly, how this church understands our ministry in the days ahead. This parable goes, as I said, to the very heart of, of God. It gives us a glimpse of what ultimately motivates the Father, and, and by implication, what should also motivate us. The parable of the lost sheep speaks to the core issue of why I believe the church, and this church in particular, exists. And when the church, when we fail to take our responsibility as sheep finders seriously, then the church has moved from being the church of Jesus Christ to being some other kind of social club for the benefit of its members. But I think this parable points us to, uh, to something other than being a social club, don't you? When we read this parable about the lost sheep, our first inclination is to understand this parable in the context of our local congregation. And I would not be surprised if you, hearing the parable read a moment ago, were thinking, yeah, 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 this makes sense. And so we automatically assume that the shepherd is the pastor, right? And the sheep are the congregation. And the, and the lost sheep is some wandering uh, congregation member who has become disenchanted or discontent or otherwise absent from the life of this congregation. I won't take a show of hands, but, you know, if I did and you were honest, there'd be more than one of you in this room today who would have said, yeah, that's how I would understand this parable. And so we think that since this sheep has been lost from our midst, it's the pastor, the shepherd's job, 
to go find the sheep that has wandered off and lead them back into the flock, right? That's how we read this. We may not articulate that out loud as our understanding of this parable, but I've been around churches long enough to know that this is exactly how churches often think. And this is the way many pastors have come to see their role in the church. We are sheep finders. Keep them all together. Spend five, six, seven years pastoring a church and uh, you can rank your success as a pastor based on how many sheep you kept in the fold rather than uh, sneaking out the back door. Now, I'm not so sure that this text about lost sheep has anything to do with wandering church members or the responsibility of the pastor or even somebody else for that matter to leave the 99 in order to go back out and find that lost uh, sheep. As a matter of fact, as we look at this text, you'll notice a couple things right off the bat. First, nowhere in this text is there any reference made that the lost sheep equals those who have been active members in the church and now are not. Like there's, Jesus doesn't give us a really neat and clean interpretation uh, at the end of this parable as he does in others. Second th- thing that we see in this text is, is that there's no direct correlation in this story between the shepherd and the pastor. Now, I, I don't know if you know this, but um, sheep are not really smart animals. And you, you've probably heard that. A few years ago, Roxy and I happened to be in Australia and actually went to a sheep farm, and we were watching a shearing of sheep. And uh, the, the shepherds are rough characters. Uh, they, they, if they need the sheep to go a certain direction, they hit them with a stick. The, uh, we happened to be there on a day when they were shearing sheep, and, and, um, and we saw actually a show last night on PBS that reminded me of this experience. But they, they go into a little pen where the sheep are all bumping up against one side because they know what's about to happen, and the, and the shearer grabs the sheep by the, by the chin, flips it over on its back, grabs its two front paws, and drags it out of the pen on its back. And it's really interesting because it does, as it does that, the sheep kind of goes limp, almost as if it knows that it's going to get a haircut or something. But sheep, are, are not being the brightest bulbs in the pack, uh, need, need to be handled in a way that, that the shepherd can, can keep them together, and you might be surprised how rough Uh, sometimes the sheep are treated. Now, if I, as a pastor, actually acted like this kind of a shepherd, I wouldn't have a job here very long, right? So given that this text probably doesn't have anything to do with lost members of churches or pastors who spend all of their time chasing down uh, wandering uh, sheep, then what does this uh, parable actually mean? The parable of the lost sheep is about a God whose primary impulse is to love those who are presently outside the reach and realm of God's kingdom. Let me say that again, because this is the key, the key sentence, if you will, in this sermon. The parable of the lost sheep is about a God whose primary impulse is to love those who are presently outside the reach and the realm of God's kingdom. This parable is about a God whose heart beats for those who are lost and a God who, who will go to extraordinary lengths in order to find those who are lost and help them find their way home. This parable is about a God who is prepared to leave the 99, and, and by the way, friends, that would be us, 
and chase after the one. When we understand this parable as a commentary on the heart of God, as I am suggesting, and God's perpetual desire that lost people be found, it has the potential to change the way we view the lost. It has the potential to change the way that we engage in evangelism, to pursue the people that are on the edges or outside the bounds of, uh, of our culture. This parable is personal to me because I, I had God not put people in my life at certain times of my life, I, I would never have ended up here. I probably would be in jail or dead or selling cars or something. But not that selling cars is bad, by the way. I just, selling cars is fine. But, but, but I was that lost sheep at one point in my life. And if it wasn't for a God whose heart beat for people like me, I, I don't know where I would be. So when we read this parable, it's a picture of a compassionate an extravagant God whose perpetual desire is that lost people are found. It is, it, has, it, is a, it is a parable that reminds us and sometimes makes us a little uncomfortable as the church that our ministry as a church doesn't exist for our benefit only, but it exists for those who God is pursuing who are not here yet. A few years ago, I took uh, some leaders from my church to a large um, Methodist church in Ohio because we were in the process of thinking about uh, raising the level of the technology in our church and doing video and audio stuff, and this church in Ohio had been doing it for years, and we, we thought this would be a good learning experience for us. So we went there, and after the service, we were given a tour of the facility by an older gentleman, probably a gentleman in his 70s maybe, and he described how the church had 70 members in 1979. And then after the current pastor came, the membership declined to 50. So how's that for success? As a new pastor, you go from 70 to 50. That when when they, we asked him how many members were there today, he said, oh, uh, you know, around 5,000. And then he said, without our prompting, I was here back then. And me, I was curious at this point, so I'm, I, I, I know about the stress that's placed on churches that go through that kind of growth, and, and it's, it's, it's enormous, actually. And I asked this gentleman what it felt like to go from a congregation of 50 to 5,000, and without pausing for a moment, he said, it was really painful. It was really painful. And then, before I could ask him another question, he added, but the pain was worth it. Because I believe in the vision of this congregation to reach the lost. And it's that motivation, he said, that prompts everything that we do. What he said describes the heart of what this parable of the lost sheep is about. God is in relentless pursuit of the least and the lost and the lonely in our communities, in our lives, 
And the implication is that so should we. I like the version of this parable that Luke has because he adds a little section at the end, we didn't read it today, where he describes that when the shepherd finds this one lost sheep, he picks it up and he returns home rejoicing. And when the shepherd gets home, he calls together all of his friends and neighbors and he throws a party saying, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Can you imagine that? When God finds the one that is lost, he doesn't bring it back into the fold and scold it and tell it never to leave again. Rather, God invites the other 99 to a party to celebrate the return of the lost sheep. I got an email this morning, or a text actually, from one of my children, one of my sons, And he said, Dad, is your church doing anything in outreach these days? And I said, yeah, our church does a lot of really wonderful things in outreach uh, here in uh, Kansas City area. And I said, why do you ask? He said, well, I've been been thinking about it, Dad, and I I think right now people have, their lives have been turned upside down by the last few months that we've been in, and I think people are going to be really hungry for uh, for the good news uh, of the gospel. Now, this is a 25-year-old son who's basically speaking the truth about this text. And now I'm going to have to pay him $5 because since he was this tall, when I use my kids as sermon illustrations, i got to fork over the money. But that's okay. (laughs) Don't tell him that I used him as an illustration. If I understand this parable correctly, our job as the 99 is twofold. First, we are called to join God in the same relentless pursuit for the one. We are called to do whatever it takes to reach and find the lost who, believe it or not, live right here in Prairie Village and Overland Park and Metro Kansas City. They're everywhere. And the one thing that I wonder about is whether or not we are committed, really committed, to following the compassionate heart of God to the places that God may be leading us in order to have those encounters with those lost sheep. Or whether we're quite comfortable, really, being a friendly church on Knoll Avenue, who, who one local community member told me when I showed up here a few months ago that they didn't know much about our church, um, even though they drive by it every day, uh, going to and from their work. But even having said that, I am impressed with the heart of this church in even the brief time that I've been with you, the way that Hillcrest has intentionally uh, sought out to love our neighbors I don't, I, I don't know if you knew this, but you know we've been worshiping outside on the lawn for the last six, eight weeks, and today we're in because it's so windy and cold, but we got a note from one of our, of our neighbors a few weeks ago who said, hey, we don't go to your church, we go to a different church in town, but we want you to know that um, we look forward to every Sunday morning hearing uh, your congregation worship. Keep it up, they said. But we're, in, we're involved from, in many things that care for our neighbors, from collecting thousands of pounds of food that was distributed to our mission partner, uh, Freedom Fire, a few months ago, to providing gift cards to families who are connected with Briarwood School just down the street, uh, 
we do a lot of these things. And so one of our jobs is to continue to do those things and to find new ways of doing those things. God invites us in this text, I believe, to sort of um, recalibrate our spiritual lives so that we begin to pursue the lost sheep in our world and in our families and in our lives and do it with, with persistence, just like God does. The, the picture of the sheep that you see right now on, your, on the screen is a picture of this sheep that, believe it or not, uh, in, was lost for six years. Uh, and, and, the, and the farmer who lost it didn't go after it because he thought, oh, you know, this, this is in Australia. Uh, it, it, this sheep's going to die. There's no question about it. And this sheep wandered back to a road where somebody found it six years later, and that's what he looked like. And uh, they said one of the reasons they speculate that he didn't die, didn't get killed by a predator, is because his sheep, his fur, uh, his wool, was so thick that no predator could kill him. And so when they got this sheep, they took it to the shear, and they sheared off um, 65 pounds of wool that could make like 80 sweaters or something like that. The second job of the 99, that's us, is to celebrate every time one sheep finds their way home. We are the ones who rejoice with God because there is one less sheep wandering around lost in this world. We are the ones who make merry, who laugh, and when people ask us why, we can say with the shepherd, because that which was lost has now been found. Are you ready to do whatever it takes to follow the compassionate heart of God and reach those who are lost? Are you ready to be the church for those who aren't here yet? Are you ready to do whatever it takes to join God in God's relentless pursuit for those who find themselves out on the edges? Church, are you ready? I'm pleased to tell you that the good news of this parable of the lost sheep is that God is in the business of pursuing those who are lost and every time someone who is lost becomes found, all of heaven celebrates. And so should we. Friends, this is the heart of the gospel. This is the character of a God that is revealed in this parable. And this is what drives me to get out of bed every single morning and hope that today will be the day that someone who is lost will be found and those who have already been found will celebrate one more time. Let's pray together. As we sit here and are reminded of your character, as the pursuer of lost sheep, O oh God, we, we 
Some of us are sitting here and we can, we can see the face of that lost sheep. Maybe it's an adult child who uh, grew up in this church, went to Sunday school, did all the youth group activities, and then somewhere along the, the way sort of drifted off into a different way of living. And, and they are the lost sheep that bring us the greatest level of pain. Maybe there's somebody uh, in, our, in our work who we know as we hear them describe how hard their life is, the, the challenges that COVID is presenting to their family, uh, illnesses that they have to deal with, and we think to ourselves, if they only knew the love of the Father, and there they stand in front of us as another lost sheep. Maybe, God, there are some of us that are sitting in this room or watching online right this moment who recognizes that we are the ones who are lost at this very moment. And up until this moment, we have not been able to articulate that, but right now we recognize that and we want to do something about that. We are most thankful, God, that you are a God that, uh, that pursues us wherever we wander, however, however we get out of the pen, and you don't give up until you find us and you bring us back so that all of us can celebrate together. God, we pray that that is the mark and the, and the message of this church and our lives from this day forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.